Mike Linstead, president and co-founder of The Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to The Nehemiah Project Podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, today I'm here with a very special guest, Mr. Ben DeShera from Allied Chiropractic and Wellness. How are you doing today, sir? Great. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited to have you. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we get your wife, Ashley, here with us next time. Uh, but Ben and Ashley um, are brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, local business owners here, and your business is located in Metairie, correct? Yeah, Metairie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they are brothers and sisters in Christ, local business owners, and uh, passionate about the Word of God passionate about what God is doing here in the local North Shore area. And uh, we're just so blessed to have you and your wife a part of this ministry. We're so grateful for it, man. It's a blessing. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, to partner with you guys just in a little bit that we have done. Yeah. Um, So we're very thankful. So I I met you like five years ago, Mm -hmm. and you were a CrossFit instructor at uh, the faith rx event so funny story my wife is a crossfit instructor uh-huh. I'm, I'm the sports chiropractor okay. that just puts everybody back together yeah. so but, it, but yeah but it was at a faith rx the yeah. faith and fitness um event where yeah. you shared just an amazing story uh-huh. um and that that was a seed that was planted back yeah. then uh so when so I don't want to get too far ahead, but yeah. you know, when we found out that you were, you know, it was like Nehemiah project. Oh, Mike. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah. The light went on. Oh, Mike. Okay. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Man, praise God. It is so cool to see how, you know, you always see it in retrospect, but it's so cool to see how God does plant those seeds, you know, and, um, and, and you might not see the fruit of that for years, yeah. you know, but, um, we got a, we got a donation from your, from your wife last year. Mm-hmm. I think it was around the time we did the four by four by 48. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were praying for a particular number to come in, and that was the number that came come in. Come on, yeah, really? Dude, was, I had no idea. It was nuts. Wow. It, was, it was wonderful. That's happened more times than I can count, That's honestly, with this yeah. ministry. Yeah. The power of prayer is real. Mm. Uh, it is real. Um, but the Lord you, used your wife and, and yourself to answer that prayer. Mm. But the problem was I, I didn't know y'all's last name, and I, I never even met your wife. So I was like, Laura was like, hey, man, we just got a, a you know a donation. I was like, from who? She's like, Ashley DeShera. I was like, I have no idea who that is. You know, because I didn't know your last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, God's moving people's hearts. We don't even know, you know? <laughs> That's so, you know what's crazy? I think that was the one we tried to do it anonymously and <laughs> kind of messed up or like didn't, uh-huh. you know, like filled out a form or something with the name first. And so, yeah. um, that's, but it's so it did kind of come across anonymously. Yeah. You know, like, who's this person? Uh, we yeah. Did, yeah, I didn't know. So, um, so it, that was just, that was so amazing to see how the Lord just did that's that, awesome. you know? Yeah. And, um, and so, Let's talk about, you know, how you got saved. Uh, I love to talk about, you know, uh, health and wellness and fitness and all those things because a lot of people listening, they yeah. do CrossFit. They like to train. Training is a part of our addiction program. Mm-hmm. You know, we're big on taking care of the physical side of, of who we are, you yeah. know, as human beings. Um, so, yeah, like when did you get saved? You know, how did you get there? And let's we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, so it was 2013. Uh-huh. And um, what I recognized, again, in retrospect, looking back, was that my whole life I had spent um, kind of in church, but no real relationship. There was this constant striving, very deeds or works based, mm-hmm. um, and kind of felt like at the end of my life, I had done more good than bad. So God would kind of be okay with me, you know, coming yeah. on in. Um, but I mean, so I grew up on the South shore, actually in St. Bernard, but, uh-huh. but close to the parish line of, of Orleans parish. So in Araby, old Araby. So, I mean, I, we were on Bourbon Street, my friends and I, 15 years old, man. Wow. I think now, my son's 15. I can't believe, I mean, 
God's grace, even in my running away and all the sinful stuff, you know, all those things. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of me just kind of living my life and living in the world. And uh, in 2013, um, so Ash and I started CrossFit in 2011, met met some, um, a bunch of great people. And in 2013, um, we had some friends from the gym invite us to church. Mm-hmm. And man, we just... I never forget the first. It, it was weird coming from um, the the churches I went to growing yeah. up were really quiet and kind of very stoic. And this was, yeah. you know, there's a band on stage. There were yeah. people, you know, hands up. And I just remember thinking like, this is weird. This is. Crazy. But I was reading the words on the screen, the worship song, and yeah. um, Ten Thousand Reasons song. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I mean, I just I started I started weeping. And yeah. Ash, I didn't wow. realize up to that point hadn't hadn't seen me cry. We'd been together at that time for about seven years between dating and, and married and um she's like what's wrong with you and i was like i, I don't know what's going on i just yeah. i was overcome with emotion and it happened the next week the week after wow so through that process um it, there was a work transition that was going on and um i still wasn't wasn't saved at that point mm-hmm. but i i was i was going um i was traveling the causeway mm-hmm. and uh the bridge and um i just i was like lord i've just I'm done. I wasn't, wasn't ready to end my life, but I was really at a point of, I have nothing else. You know, at the time we had two kids. I was working for a guy, um, as a a clinic director for his Uh chiropractic clinic. And, um, I just was like, I'm done, Lord. I just, I was like, you want my life? You want my wife? You want my kids? Like whatever it is, it was full surrender. And the Mm -hmm. first time I'd ever, I don't even, I don't think knew what gravity was going on, but in that instant, it it was, it's so surreal to look back, but it was seconds that this transpired, but I saw, it was like all my um, past transgressions and sins, like a flash, you know, like all the things. And um, I was sorry. I was legitimately sorry. And I felt God say in that moment, I forgive you. And it was, and, but at the same time I said, but that's not fair. And uh-huh. that's when, and he said, that's the whole point. And I mean, it just, when I'd say broke me, dude, it was like, <laughs> so, and so I had this, this mental, this image of me kind of at the bottom of this pit, just, you know, bruised and bloodied and these hands lifted me out of the pit. Wow. And I mean, I just, I cried the whole way home. I got home, man. And I just, my eyes were still red and puffy and Ashley's like, what happened to you? I said, I think I just gave my life to the Lord. I love it. And she, at that time, uh, so she wasn't saved. She her, uh-huh. So she was a couple months right after that, but she said, awesome. Can you go do the dishes? You know? <laughs> like it was, it was kind of like, all right, cool. Awesome. Dude. So, go do the dishes. But, um, but what's amazing. Yeah. Just in that moment, grace, just the covering of grace and God basically, um, you know, it was, uh, I was sorry. I knew it wasn't fair. I had the recognition that it wasn't fair. And God really saying that's the whole point. Yes. It was just, it was, it was amazing. Yes. Um, and, and so, so through that, within the next year, um, the, the, the place I was working really operated in some gray areas, mm-hmm. if you will. And so, um, the Holy Spirit was just, it was like, Hey, it's time to go. And I was like, no, I'm, that's, as a devil, I'm going to, uh, I've been here, put in my time. I'm going to, yeah. you know, starting to see the fruits of the labor that was put in. I'm going to be an agent of change and I'm going to start doing these things and just try to, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, exactly. I'm going to do. Right. I'm going to do these. I yeah. Can do it. Yeah. And, um, so the Holy Spirit worked on me for that entire year wow. until 
um, he, he called me to, to, to go out on my own. And I, I told Ash, we might have to sell the house. We might have to eat peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. But I really feel like God's calling me to go out on my own. And um, she said, I'm so thankful for her. She said, if God's calling you to do it, then I'm, I'm going to support you. So wow. we made a prayerful decision to, to you know, um, you're starting a new business. I mean, take yeah. a significant risk. Pay, yeah, a risk, the pay cut, the two kids at the time. I mean, right. more, all these things. And it was like step, stepping off the cliff yeah. and God just like, there was ground. Yes. Every step we took was a step into thin air and God put ground there. Wow. And we just walked one step at a time. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So. Man, that is, I, I, first of all, I totally get what you just said uh, about the, you know, taking a, taking a step of faith. You know, the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 11 about Abraham, when God called him, it says that he went out not knowing mm. where he was going. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's faith. Yeah. That you're not going to be able to rationally explain that to anybody. Right. Right. So yes, I mean, God will call us and he does move us. Right. And, um, your story of salvation is just pride crushing. It's powerful because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have this notion, you had said that you kind of were living this double life. Right. And, and that's very relatable. You know, I was doing the same thing. You know, I would argue that to say that, Pretty much every Christian does that, you yeah. know, at some point in their life, right? They first get saved and not being discipled right away. They're living a double life because they don't know what the life of Christ looks like. Yeah. But you're driving on this car, you know, on the straight bridge. And, you know, for the listeners who don't live in Louisiana, you know, the causeway bridge is like 26 miles long. It's just straight. Yeah. You know, how people get in accidents on that boggles my mind. But, you know, <laughs> it's a straight line. Yeah. But, um, you're sitting there, you're driving and, and, and it's like the, the spirit of God is like, like convicting you, you know, and conviction, yeah. it feels like it, the sensation, I guess if you wanted to make it a sensation, it's like you're being squeezed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, in, and where is it in Psalm 32, David says this about when he was being convicted, he says, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. And my strength was dried up as by the summer heat. But I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Yeah. He he says that the hand of God was heavy upon him. Yeah. Just pressing him down, you know, and and I know what that feels like. And you just broke him. Yeah. It's like, are you going to submit or not? Right. Yeah. And when God's doing it, you submit. Yeah. And that's what, and, and the picture was the, the me running, me, you know, striving in my own strength. Yes. But when I turned around to God, he was right there. Yes. You know, it's like I'm running my whole life and I turn around and he's right there. Yes. It's just, it's so powerful. I'm just so thankful. That's I'm wonderful. just, man, for the grace, you know? Yes. The name of the Lord, well, in the Old Testament, you know, he revealed himself as Yahweh, mm-hmm. right? I am who I am. And he reveals himself to uh, Moses, right? And I think it's in uh, Exodus chapter 34. No, Exodus chapter 33, right here at the end. And he says that he, uh, starting in verse 19, and, and he said, God said to Moses, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, mm. Yahweh, which Yahweh in our English Bibles is capital L-O-R-D, all caps. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the Hebrew word Yahweh. And he says, I will proclaim before you my name, Yahweh, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. 
And then he tells Moses to get behind the rock because I'm about to make all my glory pass by yeah. you. And, you know, you can't you see that like, you'll yeah. die. Yeah. And so then he goes in chapter 34, starting in verse 6. He says, and Yahweh passed before Moses and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands of generations and forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and mm. worshiped. So, so God revealed himself to Moses. And the first thing he said about himself is, I am gr- merciful and gracious. I am slow to anger, mm-hmm. abounding in steadfast love. But he, then he says, I will by no means clear the guilty. You see, that's the thing. We are guilty yeah. before a holy God of our sin. Right. I don't care how squeaky clean you think you are. Jesus said of the Pharisees, right? Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, you won't even get into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And they were the holy rollers, right? Right. right. According to their society. We are guilty before a holy God mm-hmm. of our sin. Yeah. You know, and I talked about this on the last podcast that Chad and I did, but but the non-believing world wants to call sin human nature, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. So they even acknowledge it. They just won't it's, call it what God right. calls it, right? Which is to say they don't confess it like God says it, you yeah. know? Because that word confess just means say the same thing as. Yeah. But we would do well to realize that fact that no matter how squeaky clean we were, I mean, how would you describe yourself back then? You know, were, were you a, like... I was a good guy. Yeah. I wasn't killing people. Right, you weren't like, killing people. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't breaking into stores, right? Right. You know, you were just, you know, kind of lying and cheating when it was self-serving. Yeah, and doing, and, yeah, all the things. Kind of doing the normal things, right? right? Yeah. But I yeah. wasn't that bad, right? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, you know this as well as I do. Before God, it's that bad. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and that's one of the verses that really spoke to me, especially mm-hmm. I was after I was saved, is yeah. in Ephesians 2, picking up um, verse 3, um, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling yeah. the desires of the flesh. And of the mind were by nature children of wrath, just mm. as the others. And this is my favorite uh, verse, these yeah. two words, verse four, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And so one of the things that God really mm. put on my heart at that time is like, dude, all the things you've done, all the striving, all the good works, mm. dirty rags. Yes. And it's only so and, and what's great about that is there isn't any striving with with Christ. Yeah. It's, you know, like the work's been done. Yeah. The, the work was done. So being able to, to walk in that and live in that, there's so much peace, yes. you know, that, that that transaction of me surrendering my will and then God giving me his peace yes. that surpasses any understanding. So, um, it was just, that's, but those, those two, but God, yes. that's my two, two favorite words. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing. And, and I want to just kind of keep focusing on that experience for a bit because you said that doesn't seem fair and you're right. Mm-hmm. And God was right when he, when he put that on your heart, it's not fair. Yeah. And when you said that a portion of Romans popped up in my head and I think it's pertinent to what we're talking about. In Romans chapter 3, you know, Paul has just finished condemning the whole world under sin. And in verse 21 of chapter 3, he says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, mm. although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. That is the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So there is no distinction. All have sinned mm-hmm. and all do fall short of the glory of God. But they are justified by 
his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in the Lord Jesus, whom God put forward. <laughs> I love that. That's a big emphasis. Yeah. God put the propitiation forward. Now that word is a big, you know, $10 word as my buddy David Grantham likes to say. <laughs> but what propitiation means for you listeners is that in the propitiation of Christ, Christ was given forward as a covering for your sin and as a complete and total removal of your sin. Mm. Okay? A covering of your sin is pictured in the Passover of the Old Testament. You got to paint the blood of the lamb on your doorpost and that will cover you for when the angel of death passes over, he will pass over you. And then the the removal of your sin is shown to us by the scapegoat on the day of atonement where the where the high priest would place his hands on a goat and that would signify the transferring of the nation of Israel's sin onto the goat. And then they would let the gate open and they would let the goat go out of it and go off into the desert. That was a removal mm -hmm. of sin. And so that's what propitiation means. In other words, it's a complete and total removing and forgiving of your sin. It's amazing. Okay? It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. But God was the one who put forward his Christ. Right. Right? It wasn't Ben. It wasn't Mike. It wasn't anybody. Yeah. It wasn't the Pope. It was It was nobody. Right. It was God. Yeah. That is it. And that understanding that God moved first. You know, initially yeah. it was... It was me. It was, but it's very clear in his word that he chose me first. Yes. And that's just, again, it's just, it, it's mind blowing. It's mind boggling because he could, I could have been dead so many times yeah. over, you know, and I'm so thankful that um, to be able to, to live the life that I've lived up yeah. to this point. Yeah. Um, so I, um, my, my prayer is just to, to be able to, it's really three parts. It's, it's to be a son, you know, mm. to, um, to be a husband. And then, so teach me how to be a son, teach yeah. me how to be a husband, teach me how to be a father That's so that to, for his glory, to yes. glorify him. You yes. know? That's so powerful, good. man. Yeah. That's so good. I want to move on to your business now okay? because God is still active, <clears throat> right? Yeah. So, so up to this point in the story of Ben DeShera. We have, we've just been saved. We've been convicted over the past year about some of the stuff that you were secondarily, I suppose, or exposed to and not, not knowingly involved in, but there was some shady stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. So there was some shady stuff going on and the spirit of God says, Ben, look, you're not going to be the one that changes this because I'm the one who changes everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm yeah. paraphrasing in Mike's paraphrase. That's right. But, I've called you to do this particular thing. And this particular thing is what we now call allied chiropractic and wellness, correct? That's the doing business as. Yes. But I'll dig deeper into the actual LLC. Okay, tell me. So it was right around Thanksgiving of 2014 when God really was like, hey, this is, you know, th th it's time. Like at first he was kind of gentle. Yeah. And then he was screaming, like, yeah. it's time to run. And, um, when I put in, so things were still going. The guy I worked for didn't really want to lose me. So there was these, hey, you know, money, all kinds of stuff that were yeah. being thrown around. And um, the day I put my two weeks notice in, I got home that night. So it was November. You know, it was late. It was, it was cold outside. Yeah. I just remember laying in bed. Ash was already sleeping. So it was around midnight. And I felt this warmth like I was laying out in the sun. It was amazing. And what I recognized was that it was radical obedience at that time yeah. for me to just throw all caution, like worldly. Like I had talked to some friends, business friends, 
who were further ahead of me in business, I were like, you know, man, you should probably strategically do this. Or this. And um, the Holy Spirit very clearly spoke, hey, you, it's time to go. So when yeah. I talk about it, step off the cliff, but that, so that night I'm laying and I just, I felt this warmth um, and this, this feeling of like, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah. But um, the, so, and this was downloaded and I still have it. So I wrote it down. Um, and it was, so BG4G, which is by God for God, okay. is LLC. So if we're doing this thing, this business, I'm doing it for God. I'm yeah. not doing it for people. I like that. Um, and this is what it was revealed. It's just all good things come from God. All good things work together for his greater glory. Our only hope is to glorify his name. I haven't read this in a while. Huh. Um, in all that we do. Yeah. We seek to know him more and for him to know our own heart. Yeah. Pray daily to stay humble in all that we do. Um, and in this particular work, family, and recreation, we pray that all of our good works reflect his image and the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Wow. We surrender all to him for his greater glory. So when we went out and did this, by God, for God, BG4G is what the LLC, doing business as allied chiropractic and wellness. So just to see God working through, like we found a prime location that wasn't even listed. Uh-huh. We went in, it was like, this is perfect. We need to move like a couple of walls. We did a build out in this wow. location within like three weeks. Um, wrote We wrote scriptures on the walls before we painted them just so we'd be covered <laughs> cool. in the word of God. Yeah. Um, and now when people come in, you know, they're like, man, it's something's different about this place. There's, yeah. a, there's a different energy. Yeah. Like, it's the Holy Spirit, you right, know? Right. Um, so, um, yeah. So, so basically the business starts and ends with, with God. So if God yeah. at some point said, Hey, it's time to do something else, you know, then to be able to honor that, um, is, is what, is what we would do. Yeah. So I know that's probably not the, from a, you know, you were asking about the business itself, but we, oh, we that's the most important part is like, why'd you do it? Yeah. You know? And I love that. So when people come in, we truly do the three tenants, the core values. We want patients to know we care about them. We listen to them and we're going to get results for them, even if it's not with us. So yeah. we can't help everyone, you know, chiropractic. We do sports. So there's rehab, massage, dry mm-hmm. needling. But there are some people that come in, they're not getting better. And the worldly way would be, we'll continue. Like the place I came from mm-hmm. was like, hey, continue, continue because it's revenue. It's this and that. But at some point, if, um, if you know, if it's my mom who's getting treated, like I'd want that healthcare provider to refer her out to some place that's going to help her better. And that's yes. what we, so that's what we live by. We're going to get patients results, even if it's not with us, there's yeah. another healthcare provider, PT, chiropractic, or an orthopedist or, right. or neuro. Um, that's what we're doing. It, it's in the best interest for them. And that's, that is the, you know, speaking of the law of Christ, like you and I were talking about before we got on the podcast, you know, Christ boiled the entire old Testament down to two fundamental tenets. Love the Lord, your God, with yeah. your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love other people as yourself. Yeah. Right. So, you said that, you know, a worldly perspective in business would be like, no, you got to generate revenue, right? You got to keep the doors open. Like, come on, stupid, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, sure, from a worldly perspective, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You got to, you have to generate revenue. But you and I and all, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't operate like that. Yeah. We go, no, 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 we're supposed to love God mm-hmm. and love other people like we were the one that, you know, be loved. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it makes perfect sense that you would do that, you know? And it just so happens that, you know, when you run your business that way, People see it and they go, man, there's something different about this business. Yeah, It's like, well, yeah, the Lord says that we are the light and salt of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. The light casts out the darkness and the salt preserves the the moral fabric 
right, if you will, of 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 the society, right? Yeah. Salt was a preservative in their day. And so without Christian business owners, I mean, man, like things change fast. Yeah. Because we run our businesses very differently than the world would run them. Yeah. And in all transparency, it's interesting how God has worked on me. So we started in 2015. So this will be, you know, we're going into year seven. Um, we're doing really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first year... So my CPA is a is a believer, That's awesome. and a financial advisor is a believer, and they saw the numbers and the, they were like, "This is you know amazing, this is great," and inadvertently, almost in a sneaky way, I I, I became prideful, mm. and, and I, I didn't even realize it until, I mean, God worked on me, but man, I was all of a sudden like, look at you know, look at what I've done again, back to the me and the I. And so I'm thankful for the humility because, you know, it's, if, if you don't, you know, if you're not humble, God will humble you kind of thing. And so sure enough, man, we had a, the, the following. So the first year and a half or a year was like, we just, you know, gangbusters out the door. Then the next year there was this big, um, regression, if you will, or almost like a recession. And I was like, all right, back to not depending on Ben. Yeah. Let me depend on God. Yeah. And so, and, and it's just a constant, I, I mean, you know, we talked earlier, I struggle with pride yeah. and, um, very much. And, and so it's, I need to lance that daily, yeah. you know? Um, and so God over the, over the years has, and sometimes you use my wife to do it, you, oh, know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but it's been amazing um, awesome. just to just the, to see the things that he's done and to be able to to glorify him and to and to step out in faith yeah. um, and pray for people in, in a in a time and an environment where, you know, we're right on the Orleans uh, Jefferson Parish line there. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people who don't think it's right to, to to pray or to talk openly about God. We have an open treatment area and we play. We play Christian music as well as worship music. There's yeah. mixed in with other music as well. But, um, you know, there's been like some people are like, man, what that's, you know, what's so, this all about? Yeah. And, and some people might be um, almost offended by it. And sure. others are like, man, this is, this is great. But at the end of the day, what I think God is imparted on my heart is, am I performing for mm. an audience of, am I performing for man or am I performing for an audience of one? Yeah. So, even if the business fails or there's this backlash because I asked to pray or they heard me talking about Jesus. And then at some point, it's at least at the end of the day, you know, God, I just, I just, I long to hear those words. Well mm-hmm. done, my good and faithful servant. Shoot. That's success right there. And it's, you know, it's simple to, you know, and as I'm saying it, so, but then when I'm sitting across from a patient, the first time I meet them and I feel that impression to pray for him. And I'm like, oh, hold on, God, I don't, this person, yeah, this yeah. dude's working construction, you know, he's yeah. rough now, but it's been amazing yeah. when I'm obedient in yeah. that. Cause I'm not always, man. I just, you know, um, but when that happens, just the doors that are opened up spiritually through nothing that, that I've done, but it's, you know, I didn't know that that person was going through a divorce, let's say, mm-hmm. and the Holy spirit just used a prayer. I didn't even pray about it, divorce, yeah. right? but you know, it's like God yeah. letting that person know that he's there, yes. you know? So I love it. I love it. You know, you mentioned something, um, you know, a couple, a couple of sentences back that, you know, you talk about humility and, you know, in our addiction program here at the Nehemiah project, we teach 16 weeks on, you know, all things, personal finance, business related. And one of the, one of the weeks is the intro, introduction to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we teach number one, if you want to be an entrepreneur, 
that as a business owner, you know, you create jobs, you create products and services for your society. Number one thing you have to do is you got to be humble, mm. right? Uh, you have to be humble because yeah. being an, every every real entrepreneur understands that they're only going to be as good as their team, yeah, right? Right. And so you know you have to know yourself and you have to know yourself well enough to realize you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. And humility is a humongous component of not only entrepreneurship but Christianity. Yeah. Right? Obviously, like. When we see God rightly, our pride is just crushed. Yes. Right? And Chad and I just finished a three podcast series on the manifestations of pride. And so like our listeners will be have have this fresh on their mind. Yeah. You know, Satan was full of himself. Mm-hmm. It says that he corrupted it says in uh, Ezekiel twenty eight that he corrupted his wisdom uh for the sake because of the sake of his own beauty. Like he was so beautiful that he corrupted the wisdom that he had been given. Wow. Because he, he thought he was all about himself. Yeah. You know, and the, and the Bible very clearly says, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right? And so humility is a humongous, humongously, I can't emphasize that enough, humongously important um, thing to, to understand. Yeah. And I want to read two scriptures. Number one, from Isaiah chapter 57. We'll read verses, fifth, uh, just verse 15. This is so powerful. He says, For thus... For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit Mm. to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. The high and holy one dwells with those who are low. It's amazing. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. Jesus says, he echoes the same exact phrase. Well, not the same exact phrase, but the same idea. In Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, Mm -hmm. and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is God in the flesh revealing himself to people by saying, I am gentle and lowly in heart. God is gentle and lowly in heart. So we can understand then if we're going to follow him, right? And whether that means we're going to be, he's called us to be an entrepreneur or a pastor or an employee or whatever. However we engage society doesn't matter. He dwells with those who are humble, Mm-hmm. and lowly and contrite yeah he opposes the proud he's it very explicitly says that in proverbs all the time yeah all, like all the new testament writers quote that he opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble right if we want a picture of, of pride we look at satan yeah if we want a, uh, an even more relatable picture of pride we look at ourselves right right <laughs> yeah i'm t- it's daily i mean <laughs> and day. it's you know I, I could have the best day as a christian as a believer right and then that night i find a way to mess it up you know next day yeah so um i I love that that he gives grace to the humble and um that's that's what i'm striving for you know i want the to the my daily interactions whether it's with my wife my kids staff you know um patients the, the humility and I think I took it to the extreme early on um, and it was an, an important lesson because mm-hmm. one of the um, the more confusing scriptures for me is to be as wise as serpents mm-hmm. but as, as, as gentle as, as doves. Yeah, as doves. So 
you know, here I am, I'm just like, Hey, you know, and, and people were starting to come on to work as we got busier. We were hiring more people. This one uh, staff member, team member, particularly just kind of walked all over us, my wife and I Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, and it was a good lesson in still being, you know, having the wisdom, but then going back to God and not relying on my own wisdom. And again, in my own strength, but going back to him to reveal to me yeah. how to handle, how to go about. And it's still when you're dealing with people, yeah, for um, sure. you know, because not everybody, we have a small team of, of seven people, but uh-huh. not everyone's believers, you know? Right. Um, so just just a um something to be aware of and and it's all part of the growing process i think that um as god reveals that you know a little bit at a time yeah there's a couple of scriptures that are i think um in our cultural christianity they come off as very like bitter um but you know jesus was you know he's not the way that we think a lot of the times yeah you see them what I'm what I'm getting at is he he was loving, mm-hmm. gentle and lowly of heart, humble, um, but he was very firm. Yeah, he he was he he didn't compromise. Right, he did right. not compromise. And a couple of scriptures that kind of if you know if you have this like um, skewed perspective of Jesus, like these scriptures, first of all, probably aren't read in your church. And second of all, when you hear them read, you're like, that doesn't sound like the Jesus I know. Yeah. But that's the biblical Jesus. And I just, I'll read two of them, you know. Um, but the scripture you brought up, be as shrewd as serpents mm-hmm. and innocent as doves. He said that when he sent out his 12 disciples for the first time. Mm-hmm. When they first were going out in Matthew, I just read it this morning. That's why it's fresh on my mind. I'm really just studying that portion of scripture. But Matthew 11, I'm sorry, Matthew 10, he says in the 16th verse, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Mm -hmm. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. This is the ESV I'm reading for. The NASB and the LSB say shrewd as Mm -hmm. serpents. And and in Matthew earlier on, during uh, this is actually during the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7, verse 6, he says, Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now, the context there is he says, you hypocrite. Before that, he says, you hypocrite. Take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your own. Well, you can only, like, help a brother out, a Christian brother, uh, if you know the word of God. Yeah. So in context, he says, don't give dogs what is holy. Well, the only thing that's holy is of God, right? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't go around to non-believers preaching the Bible at them, right? You, you got to use the word of God in a particular way is what Jesus is saying. When you're speaking to people who don't receive it, who don't uh, respect it, who don't obey it, mm. right? We use it in evangelistic senses, right? We can use it also to co- to convict the conscience, right? With the Ten Commandments, you know? Uh, really, really great example of this. Um, I forgot the name. I know Ray Comfort's one of these guys, but these street preachers that are on, on YouTube. And there's this guy from Australia. I can't remember his name, but he goes up to people in, in, in Los Angeles. He's got a microphone on, and obviously I'm sure he's told them what he's doing, you know? But he basically sits there and asks them about, you know, their belief in God. And uh, he's, and one of the things he'll say is, do you believe you're a good person, right? And of course, they'll always say, yes, I'm a good person, of course. Okay, well, do you mind if I just say a couple of things to challenge that? You know, he's very respectful. Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, so the Ten Commandments, right? You're familiar with those? Of course, right? Almost everybody knows a portion of those, right? 
He goes, okay, well, the Ten Commandments say, you know, thou shalt not steal. Do you have you ever stolen in your life? You know, they'll either say yes or no, right? Yeah. If they say no or they're, yes, they're lying. Matter, right. on the next one. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever told a lie in your life, right? right? So he's using the word of God in a particular way to a non-safe person, mm-hmm. right? And so what Jesus is telling us is like, we need to understand how to wield the sword of God rightly, right? Some of the other things that he says, again, in chapter 10 of Matthew, he this is really interesting, right? He says, when you enter a house... This is chapter 10, verse 12. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Wow. Jesus is saying if they don't receive the text, they don't receive the word. Yeah. Shake it off and walk away. Keep moving. Right. Powerful stuff. Very. Because in our cultural Christianity today, I tell you, no, you gotta keep you gotta keep after that person. And I would say that Jesus wouldn't disagree with that, right? But he would say you gotta continue to pray for that person. Yeah. Do not cast what is holy before the dogs. Right. right. And I shared this before in this podcast, but I train believers and non believers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one individual who I train who doesn't listen to this podcast, I'm sure, <laughs> but I won't tell them, you know, the name. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this individual thought that, you know, well, the Bible is just a bunch of stories. It's not true, blah, 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 blah. And, and um, I just listened to him, you know, over and over. And he was just telling me everything about how he felt. And um, I could tell very, you know, quickly that this guy was not really into the word of God. And, um, I, you know, I said, hey, do you mind if I just kind of confront you on a couple of things you said? Because they were completely, completely false, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I did. And he basically got found out that he didn't actually know what he was talking about. Um, I did in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, and then he responded to me, you know, Mike, I'm just never going to believe. Wow. All right. I know where this conversation is ending now. Yeah. You know? wow. Okay. I said, all right, well, I'll continue to pray for you, my man. Yeah. You know, and that's it. Yeah. And continue to love on them. Exactly. I think I can think of friends and family members that have had that same sentiment in, in different words. And yeah. Um, in the past, even as a young and a new, I still feel like I'm a new, a young believer. But mm-hmm. when very, very early on, there was this back to striving, like I'm not doing enough to bring the yeah. gospel to them or to make them believe. And uh, it was again this the Holy Spirit saying, "You're not, you're not on trial here. Mm-hmm. You know, so Jesus is on trial. Yes. You're just a witness. It's right." And I'm like, That's "Man, because again, it's taking the the control the the, the the good and the bad that goes along with that out of my hands and it's putting it in God's hands where it belongs. Yes. And so if we're called to to just be a witness, then all I can do is tell them my story mm-hmm. and then and that truth is either going to resonate or it's not. Doesn't mean I'm not going to love them. Doesn't mean I'm not going to continue to right. to be a light maybe in their life. Um, but it's not. There's not this heaviness. Yeah. You know the. The burden is not back to that, you know, that, that Matthew chapter 10. It's mm-hmm. like that we're not called to, to bear that burden. I'm never going to save anybody. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I love how you brought up the witness thing because that's what the Bible calls it. Jesus called his disciples to be a witness. Yeah. yeah and they knew what that meant in their day and time. I mean, you're probably going to go to death for me, mm. you know, highly likely. Um, and we get that wrong as Christians so often because of our pride. Yeah, we think, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. I know I certainly used to think that. I got to make sure that I, you know, uh, share the gospel in such a way that it's compelling and it hits their emotional triggers and all this stuff. 
And then I read the Bible and like saw the Apostle Paul, dude. The guy gets saved, runs into the synagogue. Yo, Jesus is the Christ, and I will tell you why. Here's the Bible. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and then they kicked him out. and said, we're going to kill you, dude. Get the heck out of here, yeah, right? He's yeah. like, shake off the dust. I'm on to the next one. Yeah. You know? Paul knew it. He got it. Mm-hmm. You know? He spent three years with the Lord in the, in the desert being taught by him. But Paul, Paul understood his position, his office, right? Yeah. I'm an apostle. That's what he was. He was an apostle, and he understood what his calling was, was to share the gospel and leave it up to God to see who's going to be saved. Yeah. Because God's the only one that can do that. Right. You know? Yeah. And that can only be done through a humble heart. Mm-hmm. Through a humble heart. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So where's the business going now? How's the business doing? Where? How are you and your wife? You know, how's your family life? She got saved. You said three months after kind of you got saved. Yeah. Your kids, they're, they're seeing a, a godly, you know, dad and mom. Yeah. How, how is all that kind of shaping up now that you've, Decided to follow the Lord for what has been like ten years now. So it, uh, about eight or nine eight now. Or nine, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's been great. One of the things that Ash and I have really focused on. We both grew up with um, parents who didn't uh, weren't believers. Some are now. Some aren't. But um, wow. and uh, my folks were divorced when I was fifteen. My son, my oldest son's age. And so that's you know for us, we, we wanted to model. Um, a godly marriage because it's very clear that when God created marriage so early on, you know, in the Bible, it's, it's to reflect his, his image and his love for the church. Right. And so, so for us, um, making sure that that's, that's the top priority. So when we first started the business, there was, um, I would call it like we were in this emergency situation, Mm -hmm. like, we just cut every single non-essential spending item. You know, yeah. we got very practical and it was like, here's how we keep food, clothing and shelter yeah. and the rest of it's going to go. We got the budget out. And so, right. Yeah. And, um, and so, so from there really we're, so we're, we're seven years into this business now and it's just been everything we do. We make sure we glorify God and Ashley, I'm so thankful for her because she's way better about not being prideful than I am. <laughs> and awesome. again, and she'll, you know, if I can't lance my own pride then she, she knows she'll how to, it, no yeah, problem. real quick, um, in the most loving way. But, yes. um, but being able to, uh, you know, give, give to God what's God's. And so, um, we honor God in that, in our, in our, our tithes and our offerings. Um, but in, in the, in the day to day business, how we interact with our team members, how we interact with our, with our patients. And, but with that, my prayer was always like, all right, God, please take care of the family. Cause I got to run the business. And over the years that's switched to really, Lord, I trust you with this business. And, so teach me how to be a husband first, but then a father to raising up this next generation um, in in a in a countercultural world, yeah. you know. So um, so the work life balance. So so we we ended up opening up a second location closer to home, twenty eighteen. Um, in that same year, we had our third baby and moved into a house that we did probably 75% of the renovations ourselves. Wow. So we have a new location. We have a, so we're expanding the business, new baby, new house. And within a year, it was very clear that something had to give because yeah. the, the kids and Ashley, quite frankly, were just getting my leftovers. Mm. So we made a prayerful decision at the end of 2019. So after we were open for about two years in that second location to, to close it down. And what that enabled us to do is 
on the original location, we actually kept the hours. So, so now the work-life balance was switched to more focus on the family. So awesome. Fridays, um, we don't see patients. Now, mm-hmm. there may be meetings or some administrative stuff that Ashley and I will go and, and maybe do together or she handles, I handle. But really, we use it as a day to connect with one another kids are in school or we might connect with um with uh, you know fellowship with other people yeah. um and so i'm very thankful because it was a decision of we know like if we're not open we're, there's no revenue coming in right so to be closed on a day when it was one of our busier days you know friday morning is mm-hmm. what um but it was it was that the holy spirit the, mm-hmm. the piece of, of that like hey i'm going to honor this yeah. and and so and we haven't missed a beat thankfully that's you wonderful. know so very thankful very thankful for that so that's kind of where we are the priorities as i'm um getting into so i'm 38 right now and uh-huh. just the kids are getting older you know my my 15 year old dad's not as cool as as he once was and <laughs> right behind him i have a my daughter's 9 and the baby's 3 now but yeah. he you know so i i'm just i'm very thankful and i value the time that i have with them because it's so fleeting i mean 3 mm-hmm. years you know society says you're a man at 18 so yeah. my 18 year old is going to you know, and so then I can look back and say, did I do all the things to prepare him, yeah. not just to be um, a, a man or an adult, but a godly man, yeah. you know? And so then it's, you start thinking about legacy and then what mm-hmm. legacy do do I want to leave? And yeah. um, there's a great book I write called Living Forward mm-hmm. and talks about, you know, you there's an exercise where you write your eulogy mm-hmm. and you just, you set a date, you know, a hundred years from your birthday and you write your eulogy. And that's a very interesting perspective because yeah. from there, you know, it's like, what do you want people to say about you? Yeah. And you want them to say all these things. Cool. So let's rewind to present day. Are you doing the things that is bringing you to yeah. the point of, you know, as a believer, you know, looking out, having a heart for the lost or whatever it is, all, yeah. all those things there. If I want to be a great dad, what am I doing now when my kids are 3, 10 and 15 yeah. so that when they're 30, 40 and 50, they can look back and say, you know, my dad was a great man, you know, and he, you know, he lived for God because of the, these, these were the, the actions of his life. Mm-hmm. So it's a very sobering uh, reality to, to look at that. Yeah, sure. Reverse engineering your entire life. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, man, there's so much more we could say, but we are out of time. Okay. So uh, I want to just read a scripture to kind of end this podcast off because, you know, so much of your story was it was quite obvious that you've, you've lived a life of faith, you know, you got your pride crushed and you repented, you know what I mean? You saw God and you saw who you were, right? And whenever you see God rightly, we just, we become dust Yeah. and um, we repent. And, and then you're now, you're called to a life of faith, mm-hmm. right? Where, yeah, I mean, faith is faith in things that have real evidence, right? There's plenty of evidence that God exists and he's the God of the Bible. I mean, it's not like, we're just going, oh, I hope this works. Yeah. Faith is not. No, it's the conviction of things hoped for. It's the assurance of things not seen. It is based on evidence, but it doesn't mean that you can just sit there and rationally explain it right. to someone who doesn't believe. That's right. for sure. And so you live that life of faith, and it was manifested in the way that God called you to serve the society you live in through your, your business. And you know, being a, a godly entrepreneur is hard. You know, being an entrepreneur is hard enough. Being yeah. a godly entrepreneur is nearly impossible. It yeah. is impossible without the spirit of God. Right. And so, you know, I was so blessed and I know our listeners were, especially the people in the addiction program, because, you know, they just got done, you know, with me and teaching them for 16 weeks yeah. about business and we ended with the entrepreneurship. 
And humility is the key of a life of faith, yes. whether you're an entrepreneur, no matter how God's called you to serve society. We heard that in your story. But we also heard the anxiety, the, the you know, I, I don't know, you know, yeah. really, God, you're going to walk off this cliff? He's right. like, yes, I got you. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. And that's so encouraging to know that our Heavenly Father knows what's going to happen to us in five minutes from now because he's ordained it all from that's the right. beginning, that's know, right. from before the foundation of the world. And so to that anxiety, the Word of God tells us this in Philippians 4, starting at verse 6. He says, do not be anxious about mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, yes. let your requests be made known to God. Yes, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. 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 So good. Well, we thank you all for listening to another episode of the Nehemiah Project podcast. Ben, thank you so much for coming on yeah, the podcast. Thanks for having me. Where can people find your business? So we're in Metairie, Allied Chiropractic and Wellness, mm-hmm. um, on you know the internet, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram. So right. we're, yeah, right there. Good. Well, if you need some chiropractic or some wellness, come on in and uh, get your back cracked. That's right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985 905 3022